Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, raw feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business, and we're friends like my friend, Dr. Andy. Well, we don't let friends feed kibble, do we? No, we don't. We don't. How, how come? Oh, it's inflammatory and processed and not good for their health. <laughs> it isn't. It isn't. <laughs> It isn't, but I, but I get that. I still get that question every day. It's amazing to me. I think, I think it's strange for us who've been doing it for so many years that we find out that people are just now finding out about raw. It is. It is a little mind blowing, isn't it? Yeah. I've been just doing it so long. I just, why would you do anything else? Right. And, and people are like, Oh, have you heard of this raw thing? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> You mean that thing that's killing all the dogs and the cats? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Not, not, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's funny. Uh, and, and people, this is the other thing. They think that raw food, okay, is not supposed to have a smell to it. I'm like, but it's a ground up animal, basically. Yeah. It well, has a smell. It, it has a smell, but it does not. It's not as bad as that kibble smell and that canned mm. food smell. Oh my gosh. I can't handle that. I cannot handle the smell of kibble. I, I won't even go down that aisle in the grocery store anymore. It's so bad. It's I just, look down that aisle and I'm like, wow. Wow. I do too. <laughs> there are so many products that are not good for our pets. And, and, and so that, that always a, amazes me that the FDA that people think that the FDA does anything good. Was there a time that they did good stuff? Do they do good stuff? I mean, we've talked about the painkiller type thing. We've talked about, you know, all the the mycotoxins and aflatoxins that are in kibbles and canned foods. What Do we have anything to say good about the FDA? Um, I personally do not. I, I don't think them supporting anything is a good thing or supportive to our health or our animals health. And then you go back and you see when it was created and why it was created and the rotation of all the different pharmaceutical presidents that are then sitting on the FDA board and who's getting the kickbacks to get stuff passed. And, Oh, you know, what is, um, not saccharin S, Aspartame? Aspartame. Aspartame. How many people have made money to keep that one um, on the shelves, which is, it's not safe. So it's just, it's just fascinating. Fascinating. It, it, it really, really is. And I know that we've all been through hell in the last, you know, since, when did the whole COVID thing start? Was that, was that March of 2020 that it yeah. started? Like yeah. March? March. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was almost yeah. like. Red Dawn, that may be Red Dawn, where you start seeing people come down from the sky and you're like, what is happening? You know, except it was all these people had these masks on 
And you were like, mm-hmm. what, what is happening here? And, oh, we're going to lock down this. I, I remember, <laughs> I remember being at the warehouse and we got the, you know, this, um, uh, industry is going to have to close down and these stores are going to have to close down. And we were freaking out. We were like, what? We've got to get this food to our pet parents. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But we figured out pretty quickly that we were deemed essential okay. and we just kept going. I mean, we all did that crazy stuff in the beginning, you know, squirting everything down with Clorox and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I look back on it now and I think what fools were we? Mm-hmm. I, I really do. When I think about it. Yeah, I I was so grateful I had already moved my practice into a home office situation. So I just kept going. It was just me. Everyone comes in one at a time anyway. I I did work outside a couple of days and I'm like, and my back went, uh, no, we're not standing on concrete all day. Um, wow. <laughs> so for the entire quote unquote lockdown, I had people coming in my home. Um, we were wearing our masks and I was wiping down everything like I was supposed to. But uh, yeah, because of the way I already had my clinical practice set up, we, I just kept going. And my husband was still working. He was still on patrol. He was a, a, police, a police officer. officer. So he was still Ooh. going into Motel 6 and still in contact with people. And, you know, he finally brought home COVID at the end of 2020. We both went through our, our little stint with it. We did good. Got a couple days off work. And never looked back. And now what was he doing in Motel 6? Oh, that, that was where he went a lot. <laughs> That's what everybody For- says. <laughs> a lot of calls, you know, Motel 6 is you're trying to evict, you know, people that won't leave and won't pay their bills. And there's fights. And, and it's just the, the quality of patrons always had the police there. Wow. Yeah. Did, did so people uh, always are like that. I'm like, oh, he's always at Motel 6. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> Yeah. We're like, come on, Andy. Um, So who gets to decide in the police world if they have a canine? Are you assigned to that unit like a canine? Do you ask? You you ask, basically. And then depending on how big your department is, you you might have to like apply for the position because there's not that many. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why don't they use more dogs? I wonder. They're expensive. Oh, okay. Yeah, the training for that is pretty expensive. Yeah. That and and even the cost of the dogs sometimes, depending on how much training is put on them. And then there's different training. Um, like some of them are trained to attack and some are not. Some are just to sniff out drugs. And so it just depends. And so some departments have both, some um, like my husband's, they just have the, the drug sniffing. They don't have any of the attack kind, <laughs> I guess we'll call them that way. Um, and so, yeah. And then, and then they are in your home. A lot of them are actually not allowed in the home. They want you to have an outside area for them. They are not to intermix with your personal home dogs. They are working dogs and most of them love it. Like they are designed to work. We've talked about this many, many times. Yeah, that's the way the the level threes. Now, some people will say in Schutzen that the level threes can be pets, but the majority of the champions, the ones that really, they don't, they're not like a family pet. Now, their argument is 
but they're with you all the time because they're working, right? They're doing mm-hmm. the blinds. They're running around the blinds. They're finding that perpetrator that's behind the blind. They're bark and hold, you know, where they're up on their, and they're, they're basically snapping their jaws at you right here, yeah. you know, and they're doing that all the time. So I, I said the other day when we were at training, I said, I don't think I ever want to go to a level three because I would not be comfortable, me personally, having a dog that stays out in a, mm-hmm. in a kennel. Yeah. yeah. Sean has mentioned it over the years. I'll do canine. I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to be very good at having that dog outside away from everything else. I, it, I just, no, not, not going to work for me. Yeah. It wouldn't work for me either. Um, and, and, but like Lazi, like I'm saying, I mean, she can be a pet. She may get to a level two. She definitely can get to a level one. She's got her BH. So it's a BH level one, two, and three, but she's our, you know, she's our pet too. Mm -hmm. Very well-trained, but I'm not gonna, at this point, you can't go backwards. That would be something that you would have to do prior to, you know, bringing them in the house. And she, she went to work when we got Lousie, she went to work every day with our trainer because it was his puppy. Um, but she stayed outside. She wasn't an indoor dog. And, uh, she was a year and a half when we got her and her coat was very woolly because she stayed outside. (laughs) She was outside. Yeah. And it's, it's very funny how they adapt, you know, to that environment. And, you know, some people might say, well, that's why dogs have adapted, have evolved to eat kibble. I'm like, Uh, well, okay. uh Because if you say they can adapt to their environment, well, to survive. Okay. That's their argument. Jumped. I did Mm -hmm. a jump. You did. I'm I'm with you. But you leaped right there with me. Thank you, Dr. Andy. (laughs) Um, But yeah. So people say, well, dogs have evolved to eat kibble. Well, they, they have to eat something. If their pet parents are only going to give them that, they're not able to go out and hunt, but that doesn't mean they're in good uh, health because of it. Right. Well, and the same argument can be made for us, right? We've adapted. We can eat McDonald's. We can eat processed food. We can function, but are we healthy? Are we vital? Are we feeling our best? Eh, Probably not. And what's the disease rate? It's through the roof. Metabolical, metabolic disease in humans is ridiculous. Our animals are sicker than sick. The cancer rates. Um, yeah. Cushing. Cushing's us through the roof, right? That's so let's talk a little disease. bit about. Okay. So talk a little bit. There, there's, there's a little bit of confusion between Cushing's mm-hmm. and, um, Yeah. So they're, they're just the opposite. They are, but they both involve the adrenal gland. So one, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. Let me hear your, (laughs) I only know a a little bit about this. Um, but one involves like the, the outside of the adrenal gland and one involves the inside of the adrenal gland and one involves certain hormones. The other one, the other hormones, Um, and so it just depends. And then sometimes it can be caused by an adrenal tumor. A lot of times it's just idiopathic, meaning we don't know. And then the pituitary glands also involved. 
if I knew we were going there, I would have been much more prepared, folks. <laughs> um, but Cushing's is on the rise. Addison's, I, you know, some dogs get it younger, but I think my my opinion that most old dogs are somewhat Addisonian. Their adrenal glands are just running out, just like we have adrenal fatigue. Um, but Addison's can they can crash and die on you. And some dogs have a propensity for developing Addison's at a younger age, like standard poodles are known for that. And that does have to be managed. And naturally, we haven't quite, I don't know of a really good way. So I adopted this dachshund. Um, how did I get that dachshund? Didn't really look like a dachshund, uh, but it was a dachshund. And this was a very strange dachshund her name was zoe and zoe she would she came to me because two of her owners had died okay and i think she was maybe i don't know how old seven or eight when i got her she was very standoffish like just wasn't a lovey dog she would stand on the back of her legs and eat the my plants all the way up okay she would eat poop. She would, but she got Cushing's. Um, and and the way, you know, they get that pop belly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and their skin gets real crepey. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was back in the time when I was living in Texas. Rick was living in uh, Kansas or Parkville, Missouri. And I would pack up the dogs and I would go see him and then, you know, come back. Anyway, there was a vet there that treated her for Cushing's. Now this vet, this female vet, she was good at the time uh, because it is hard. You have to do an injection. Mm -hmm. And then I, then I moved her over to this vet in Texas, this young boy. Um, and I went in and I got her shot. This was a long time ago. And um, I said, something's not right with this dog. And, and he, he fought with me and fought with me. I said, I did anyway, within 24 hours, she was dead. Mm. She couldn't get up. She just, she literally raised up and fell over. And I was like, mm. I looked at wow. Rick and I said, did she just die? So she had a heart attack, I think. It, oh, or, wow. you know, it, it wasn't a good situation. Um, and that was a long time ago, back before I, I knew as much as I know now, right? It was in the beginning of all this. But um, yeah, wasn't a good situation. Very hard to control if you're doing those type of injections. Because it can't really measure. They can't really measure no. it. No. And, well, a, and, and a dog can't say, I feel like, holy hell. And that's the the hard part. And that's the, probably the argument for pharmaceuticals. We should just do this and keep them regulated. But those adrenals are pumping out, um, stress hormones as needed. And so getting them set on a sit, you know, on a, you know, just throwing them into a box when it comes to the adrenal function is, is hard. It's really hard. Um, I know for Cushing's, a lot of people are like, I, the meds don't help that much. And they stress the liver and they stress the whole body. And so there's a lot of what you can do for Cushing's. Um, and, and then Addison's is, is definitely more difficult and more deadly. If not so handled. 
Do you think that, well, first of all, I don't believe, Dr. Andy, that any disease just happens. Oh, no. Oh, no. I just, it, I just, they I did just... not just wake up with Cushing's that morning. <laughs> or, yeah. No. But for some reason, um, we think that a lot of times. Mm-hmm. We never say, well, how did this happen? And start looking right. back. Was it a series of pharmaceuticals? Um, is it all the toxins? Is it bad food and toxins and unclean water and EMFs? And so, I mean, the one thing that we don't, I don't hear a lot of conversation uh, from pet parents is really looking at what happened unless they get on the raw diet and right. then they start looking back and they're like, oh my goodness, like my neighbor, you know, um, whose dog died of cancer. And I, I remember that they were sort of inquiring, you know, about the raw once they got the diagnosis. Once, the, yeah. And then after she died, she went back and said, all these things that I did with my dog before, I'm not doing now with this one. Which Period. is awesome because I still yeah. have clients that, oh, my dog had a reaction to this vaccine, but I'm taking my puppy in to get theirs next week. I'm like, you don't, when you know better, you do better. As Sometimes as, they don't. Oh, a lot of times. I'm like, really? Well, my vet said, I'm like, okay, but you have this experience. You have this knowledge. Why are you still going to listen to somebody else? Yeah, it drives me bonkers. When you know better, you do better. Like, no, you know, so many years ago, like Jack's got IMHA, immune mediated hemolytic anemia. And I'll say it and you'll, you'll give me a hard time from a properly- properly prescribed vaccination program. I was following what the vet said for his vaccinations and it almost killed him flat out, almost killed him. Um, Oh, I went and educated myself. Oh, wasn't doing that again. Right. So Mm -hmm. when you know better, you do better. And, but it's shocking how many people don't. Well, I was listening. I was eavesdropping sort (laughs) of. Couldn't help it. I was standing really close to him. And they were talking about that. Um, they just come back from getting their flu shot. It's a human. Okay. Mm-hmm. A flu shot. And they were waiting on the next COVID um, booster. booster. And they were talking about how sick they got when they got the boosters before. But at least they didn't die. At least they didn't die. I'm like, how is that a rationalization? What is happening here? Am uh-huh. I in the twilight zone? Exactly. I just, that, that reasoning. Was that something Dr. Anthony fake phony oh, I false Fauci I, I said? I didn't listen to that man. <laughs> mm, that man really should, there should be something done to him. But yes. I. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Next topic. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So we're, we're going to be talking about on the next podcast, Dr. Andy, I want to talk to you about the spleen. Okay. Because a lot of people don't know what the functions of the spleen are and how important the spleen is or isn't. Right. Right? We're talking about. They take it out all the time. Right. 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 Peoples and pets. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. you know, and one of these days we should talk about, um, 
anal glands because that mm. i mean we talk about anal glands a lot but okay so we i, I was talking about evolving right mm-hmm. and there is some evolving in animals i mean dogs have anal glands too because uh it sort of marks their territory yeah. right mm-hmm. but some say that that they don't really use them anymore in that way what do you think about that oh geez is it just when they scoot their butt that they're marking a territory i mean i don't my dogs don't scoot their butt they poop out there they're gonna express a little the the idea is expressing a little bit of that anal gland i mean my dogs still mark with urine up and down the street they still think they're doing something they do it every day like i don't know if that's necessary but right are they out like marking off a territory? Maybe like the mountain lions are probably not. They probably lost a little bit of their wild nature there. But yeah, I, I what is it? What I, I don't yeah, know if they're I, strategic about it. Let's put it that way. Right? They're like <laughs> somebody was here, and I'm going to yeah. put my mark is here now. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if there's a lot of strategy to it, but they <laughs> still have that innate. Ooh, I need to mark over this. And some have it more than others. So I wonder if like when a mountain lion marks, if the smaller predators are like, I best not come back here again because this guy's a big, I'm going to get eaten. I wonder. I do wonder. I bet so. That's where National Geographic came in, right? That's where you (laughs) kind of learned all that stuff. (laughs) I I haven't read that or watched that in a long time. So Uh, Jacques. Cousteau, remember Jacques Cousteau? He did all the, you know, the sea stuff. And then you had the National Geographic. That was all very cool. You know, animals, animals really are amazing. They are. And they're not very sweet and loving. Like people like to think nature is. Nature is pretty cruel. It's the survival of the fittest. Yeah, it is. Truly survival of the fittest. And it's hard to watch. I don't actually watch them because I can't. It's like, right. oh, they're going to take that baby. Oh, they're going to take that slow one. Like, you know, it's just what it is. I know it's a, a like the those folks that went out there and were filming like <laughs> National Geographic. They're filming and watching it in real life. Yeah. A lot of brutal, you know, mm-hmm. killings like, mm-hmm. you know, the the mountain lions that go after the small hippopotamus or whatever they're, you know, those are, are the deer or the antelope or whatever they are. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's cruel. And even here we have a deer in the neighborhood that is dead lame, dead lame. Like someone should put him out of his misery and, you know, we'll see what happens with him. We may not see him again. Right. So I ran into a parks guy the other day and I said, Hey, I want to ask you a question. If, because we do here in, in our area, we have a lot of elk, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of deer and the elk will cross the road in hundreds, right? Hundreds Mm -hmm. of them. Yep. But there was a guy that just like, he was angry and he didn't like it that these elk were, you know, slowing him down from his Mm -hmm. Wendy's hamburger. I think he was going for, but anyway, (laughs) he zoomed by. And it got in my head. I thought, what would I do if I saw, because I did see not too long ago where 
a deer was hit and clearly it could not stand back up. So it was going to die. Right. Mm -hmm. So I asked the park ranger, I said, if I have a concealed carry, which I do. And I said, and I have my gun and there is a animal that is lame. Can I put it out of its misery? He said, no, you cannot. You can't. He said, because I guess there's, the line there's too many people that might say hunting season comes along right uh, and they might decide that they're going to hit a deer because they want the head or an elk because they want the head and then they abuse their power or he said you don't get to decide as if i can't decide that an animal is not going to be able to get right. back up Right. He said, there are a lot of three-legged animals. I'm like, not up here. No, there's not. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. The only three-legged ones I see are the dogs that live in cushy homes. Right. I'm like, those three-leggers don't. They're picked off by the predators. Hello. Um, No, my, again, back to when Sean was on patrol, he put a lot of animals out out of their misery. I mean, if I was really... Well, I'm not even going to say that. But if you do hit an animal here in Colorado, you can take that animal and and butcher it. If you hit it? Mm-hmm. Well, no, it doesn't even have to be you. But if you if an animal gets hit and they're dead, you you are actually allowed to take that animal and butcher it. Now, we, you want to do that immediately. <laughs> like you can't pick up dead animals that have been there a few days. That would be really gross. And you have to get permission to... You probably have to call Division of Wildlife, yeah. Yeah. We did have a customer, and this was a little girl. I mean, she's not big at all. She literally would, if if there was a a dead animal, elk, deer, she would go and start cutting it up on the side of the road for her Mm -hmm. dogs. For her dogs. Now, this is so funny to me, Dr. Andy, that you have people that worry about the bacteria in the packaged raw food. And then you have the people that will feed animals that have just been hit. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I don't I'm not sure what the thinking is there. We don't know if that animal's been eating glyphosate or anything else but i'm just saying i i would feed my animal i'd let i let our dogs you know chew on that deer that was killed back yeah. here yeah that's excellent for their gut biome yeah and that's what they would be doing out in the wild is munching on the animal that got hit by the car right and the birds are oh, the, the birds. birds love I don't think that people realize that birds are carnivores too. Um, I don't know if they're total carnivores. Obviously they're not, but they love meat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you can see when there's an animal down around here, right? You got the the turkey vultures that are up ahead, up above and oh, the magpies and the crows around here. Oh, they're, they're always up to trouble. Those magpies, especially. I thought what was interesting when we had that kill that mountain lion killed that deer watching the progression of the animals that would come and, and feast. Right. Mm -hmm. And the coyotes were actually the last uh, to come. So you had the, the mountain lion, two bears and the bears were just like kicking it around. They really didn't Mm -hmm. want anything. Then you had the birds 
you had the fox, and then you had the coyotes. And the coyotes actually took the skull and pulled it apart. Oh, but wow. by yeah, but by the end, they were like trophy. <laughs> uh, by the end, there wasn't much left. I mean, there was just enough that you know we you know wrapped it up and put it in the trash. But I mean that was a big deer it fed a lot of animals for that's so cool yeah i think it's cool i i do i think that's that is nature right there and nothing goes to waste if you hadn't cleaned it up those bones would have you know eventually broken down and remineralized the soil and something would have grown right like how cool is that right and i don't know if the i don't know what skunks eat um I don't know what skunks eat either actually i i uh you know i used to like throw my like uh, veggies and and fruits that were going bad off into the back. And then we had a skunk come, mm -hmm. right? And he got stuck. He got stuck in this area. So we had to shoot him. And when you shoot a skunk, yes, their little sphincter mm -hmm. lets loose and you're just yeah. like, whoa. And I thought, I don't want that to happen again. I don't want them to get yeah, you there's know, no good way stuck. to get rid of a skunk. No. Good luck and, trapping uh, it. And then you got to move the trap and they'll spray. Like it's uh, skunks. Mm. Yeah. So I decided to stop doing that, you know, because it does, uh, you know, I want to be responsible for the animals that are here. Mm -hmm. The, um, all of them, they're going to come wherever there is food. And you have to realize that they can get in trouble, right? That they could be put down. So you don't want to be doing that. So we kind of have to think further. Their job is to hunt, mm -hmm. yeah. right? Just like the mountain lions, and then they can come in. Mm -hmm. But that's, uh, you know, we, we, we're just talking about nature today. But next yes. week, <laughs> Dr. Andy, I want to talk to you um, about organs in the body and their function and um, how chiropractic can also help the function of the organs in the body. Um, if you want to work with Dr. Andy, and I think that any dog, and I'm going to say this over and over again, if your dog has been diagnosed with um, something that's going to require surgery, got to open them up and work on them. Man, that's tough on a dog. If you could avoid that, that's best, right? And so chiropractic can always uh, assist in that. And I think a consult with Dr. Andy is your first step in uh, a, a second opinion is always your first step in the right direction. So you want to get over to animalmagiccare.com. Super cute site now, Dr. Andy. I'm just loving Thank what you. you did. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's super cute too. <laughs> it is super cute. Makes me happy just to go there. There we go. That was what we're going for. Yeah. Okay. That's animalmagiccare.com. Remember everybody, we have our cancer webinar up on the website. Now part one, two, and three is complete. You can still buy it and get the download. So get over there and um, purchase that. You have it for life. It will help you uh, nutrition, uh, supplements, and alternative therapy. So that's a great thing to have as well. Dr. Andy, we're, we've got, we've got some webinars coming up, right? Yes. We're working on it. We're working on it. <laughs> All right. Get over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com. We can get your dog on a species appropriate diet. Get over there. We'll help you. Hit that I'm overwhelmed button. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where your pet's health is our business. And what, Dr. Andy? 
Friends, don't let friends feed kibble. That is right. We'll see you guys soon. Bye-bye, everybody. Oh, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.